When Sheila was 10, her teacher got sick. So she wrote him a letter. Dear Mr. Collins, I hope you're feeling better, even though we have a very nice substitute. We miss you so much. We are getting away with murder since you left. I hope to see you soon. Your pupil, Sheila. That's Sheila reading a letter she sent to her teacher in 1972. And this, well, this is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. I'm Dan Meisner. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live at the Mercury Room in Edmonton, Alberta, we have a report on flying cows, an acrostic poem music video request, and a collection of bizarre elementary school aphorisms. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and it doesn't just give us a peek into who we used to be, it can help us understand who we are today. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Joining us on stage right now, do you all remember Much Music? When Eric was 16 years old, he wrote a poem and sent it to Much Music. He's going to read you that poem now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to our stage, Eric. So next month, I'm turning 39, but I wrote this 23 years ago when I was 16, back in 1992. And back then, Much Music had a show called RSVP, where you could write in or fax in your video requests. So I did. I'm going to read it to you tonight. Now, this video request also comes with a poem that I wrote for the girl that I was crushing on at the time. Her name is Sholay. And what I did was I wrote her name down the side here, and each letter in her name is a line in the poem. Eh? So here it is. Uh, RSVP. Please play... Please play Paula Abdul's Rush Rush. (laughs) And dedicate it to Sholay from Eric, wishing her a happy 15th birthday with the video and this poem. Sweet is the image of my lady. How she doth teach the stars to shine. Only her beauty, as rivaled by none, lights the candle and pours the wine. Enamored with the image am I, how I shall love her until I die. Yeah, they didn't play that request.
Our next reader, Sheila, brought along two letters. The first one was written in 1963 when Sheila was 11 years old. Now, that year, there was a total eclipse of the sun, and it was a big deal. There were all kinds of safety warnings in the press. And while 11-year-old Sheila was excited about the eclipse, she was also a bit of a worrier. So she did the logical thing, and she wrote a letter to a syndicated newspaper advice columnist. July 16th, 1963. Dear Ann Landers, I feel funny writing this letter because this is the first time I've written to you. I think you are great. But I hope you can solve my problem. My father and mother want to see the solar eclipse. They say it is wonderful, and I think so too. We would have a wonderful time if it weren't for one thing. Those rays can make you go blind, and I'm scared to death to go. People I know have seen one, and most have one blind eye. My daddy says he will make special boxes for us to all wear on our heads. I am not sure how this will help. I'm only little and have loads of beautiful things to see. Signed, Afraid of the Dark. The second letter I mailed to my own home, to my mom, even though I was living there. I found it amongst my mom's possessions when she passed at the age of 94. May 6, 1964. Dear Mummy, I don't know what exactly I'm going to write. I know only what I feel. For the first time, I realize how much I really do love you and know how much you must really love me. Both you and Daddy have been the best parents any girl could ever want. I feel badly because I've never told you this before. I hope I will make you proud someday and return the love you have given me. I haven't always understood the things you did in raising me, but now I see you've trained me in the hope of making me a good person. I have only one wish in life, and that is to be like you. Happy Mother's Day. You're Sheila. Thank you. After the show, Sheila told me she'd forgotten about that letter until she found it again going through some paperwork after her mother passed away. I asked Sheila how she felt knowing that her mother held on to her note for decades. I was moved that she kept it. I was deeply pleased that I'd written it. I I thought about the difference between the two letters because they were essentially a year apart. And the letter written to my mother was so much more mature and insightful in terms of seeing her as an individual uh, and not just as, as a mother, thinking of her emotions and what her needs were rather than the somewhat more hysterical first letter, which were about my needs. 
So I thought I'd made some sort of quantum leap in maturity between those uh, 1963 and 1964. Yeah, yeah. It's really lovely. Thank you very, very much for sharing these two pieces tonight. Thank you. Sometimes the things we're interested in as kids, we grow out of. We move on, we lose interest. But other times, the things that we're passionate about when we're growing up can follow us into our adult lives. And that is certainly the case for our next reader. Michael is going to read a short story he wrote in fourth grade entitled Cows. When I asked Michael what it was about, he said cows. Please welcome to our stage, Michael. Cows, a speech. I am here to present to you my latest research on dot, 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 dot. The cow that jumped over the moon. I have been trying to figure out how that silly cow was able to jump over the moon ever since my mother taught me that nursery rhyme when I was five. Even at that age, I thought my mother was full of it and reading the story wrong. Uh, But after a few months of careful research, I realized she and the story she kept repeating were correct. Now, most people usually ask, what species of cow was this? Uh, Later I learned that no, most people do not, in fact, ask that. After researching, I discovered that it was a Holstein because these cows are a special breed. All cows have four legs, one tail, one mouth, two ears, and four stomachs. But only Holsteins have the ability to fly. (laughs) Because upon ingesting certain types of prairie grass, their four-chambered stomachs are able to convert water into helium by... by the process called meta <laughs> This occurs only when a full, in caps, full moon lines up with Uranus. <clears throat> the cow must then eat one square meter of tall green Albertan prairie grass while accompanied by a cat playing a fiddle one octave higher than you or I could sing it. This high-pitched sound moves Pluto into Jupiter's current sheet. This makes Pluto a mini star that shoots ion beams towards the high-pitched sound. When the ion beams hit the third stomach, the cow floats. Because Holsteins are intelligent, they steer towards the Earth's moon. Thus the origin of the poem, Hey, diddle, diddle, the cat and the fiddle, the cow jumped over the moon, etc. And uh, what I didn't say to Dan is that I am, in fact, now a cattle geneticist. Thank you. Michael may be a cattle geneticist. I'm pretty sure some of that was factually incorrect. (laughs) 
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The act of writing has so many different uses. It can be a way to express yourself creatively. It can be a way to vent your frustrations. It can be a way to put down on paper something that you're too afraid to say out loud. And writing can also be a way to work through your feelings at the times in your life when you're not exactly sure what you're supposed to be feeling. When Holly was nine, a close family friend named Susie passed away. And as a way to deal with that, Holly's mom suggested that she write letters to Susie, which is something she did for about a year. At our Edmonton show, Holly brought along two of those letters. The first one was written the day after she found out Susie had passed away, and the second was about a year later. Here's Holly. Uh, Dear Susie, how is it up in heaven? I miss you very much. It's not the same without you here. I did not find out you were dead until yesterday. It makes me feel happy that you are happy now. My dad, mom, me, and Erica are going to buy you a tombstone. You have a very big piece in my heart. You are like a part of our family. You feel like more than an aunt does. Are you and Angus having fun together? Me and Tina miss you a lot. She just found out today that you passed away. Now I cannot wait until I am with you, but it will be a long time till then. I have changed the lion's name that you gave me last Christmas. Now its name is Susie, and all the time I am with it, I remember you. You have given me a lot of things over the years, but the best thing you gave me was some of your love. And I know it will be hard, but one day you will be my guardian angel. Susie Q, I love you very much. From your radio broadcaster and your bean, Holly Bean. And now this one is a year later. Um, Clearly there are other things on my mind. (laughs) Dear Susie, I really miss you. I am very lonely. There is this boy I really liked, (laughs) but today I found out that he was going out with somebody. Would you please be my guardian angel and help me through my problem? Because if you can, would you tell him in his dream to dump her? (laughs) Amanda, it says in brackets. And pick me. Thank you, Susie. From Holly Bean. Thank you. (laughs) After the show, Holly called in to reflect on those letters. Even though reading the letters is really bittersweet, I feel lucky that I have the chance to look back on that time in such detail. Susie's death was my first experience with loss, and I think writing the letters helped me to explore my thoughts and feelings about her passing more deeply than I would have been able to otherwise. It was easier to express my thoughts on paper and do so in a place where I didn't have to share them with anyone else. They also allowed me to feel a connection with Susie even though she was gone, and I think being able to tell her how I felt helped me to come to terms with losing her. Um, If Susie had had the chance to read the letters, I think she would have been touched to know how much I cared about her. I'm sure she would have gotten a lot of laughs from the later ones, too. (laughs) Ultimately, I think she would be pleased to know what an impact she's had on my life. She might be gone, but she's definitely not forgotten. 
I know she'd be really happy about that. At our show in Edmonton, readers brought along all kinds of familiar formats. Poems, journal entries, letters. But our next reader, Kyla, she brought along a format we don't hear too often. I'm very excited for this. Kyla is going to read a script for a puppet show she wrote when she was 12 years old. It is a sequel to Little Red Riding Hood. Please welcome to our stage, Kyla. Little Red Riding Hood, the sequel. (laughs) Scene one, Grandma's funeral. (laughs) Narrator, two years have passed since Little Red Riding Hood met the wolf at Grandma's house and many things have changed. Curtain up. Priest, Grandma was such a kind person and may she rest in peace. Little Red Riding Hood. Mother, I'm going into the woods to pick flowers for Grandma's grave. Mother, okay, honey, don't be too long. Scene two, in the woods. Red, I wish Grandma was still here. Sniff, sniff. Wolf jumps out. Grr, I'm the wolf's cousin, Barkley. Kiss Kiss me now or prepare to be eaten. (laughs) Red screams. All right, all right. Narrator, as soon as she kissed, Something magical happened. Oh my goodness, you're a p- p- prince. <laughs> Wolf, yes, my dear. My name is Prince Barkley. <laughs> and what a handsome prince you are. I think I'm in love. Narrator, it was love at first sight, and so they got married. Curtain down, trees down. Scene three, the wedding. Curtain up. <laughs> Priest, we are gathered here today in holy macaroni to join. <laughs> to join Prince Barkley and Little Red Riding Hood. Do you, Prince Barkley, take Little Red Riding Hood to be your lawfully wedded wife? I'll skip. There's just basic formalities there. Um, um, Narrator, it seemed to be a happy marriage at first, but then the problems began. (laughs) Scene four, the first day at the castle. Curtain up. Barkley. Red, have you finished cleaning the moat yet? (laughs) Red, no, can't I have a break? Why are you making me work so hard? Can't we do something fun like... Barkley, no, you are working for me now, and I will tell you when your break is. Now leave. Curtain down, intermission. (laughs) Scene five, mother's house. Curtain up, end of intermission. Mother, oh, hello, dear. What's the matter? Why are you crying? Red, it's, it's Barkley, mother. He is being so mean. Mother, oh, it's okay, honey. Everything will be all right. You just wait and see. Red, I just don't know. Am I doing the right thing? Mother, of course you are. We need the money. Now go out there and get it. <laughs> Curtain down, trees up. Okay, so for this scene... There's one of the puppeteer's heads would appear on the, on the puppet stage. Curtain up. Red. Oh my goodness, what is that? Head. 
Do not be alarmed. I am just the head of wisdom, and I'm here to give you advice. <laughs> Red. Why me? Head. Because you need to know something about your husband, Barkley. Red. What? Head. He is hiding something. Curtain down, trees down. Scene seven, the castle. Curtain up. Red walks onto stage. Barkley. Where have you been? The dust is collecting as we speak. Get to work. Red. No. First, you must answer my question. Are you hiding something from me? Barkley. Where, where did you hear that? I, I'm, not, I'm not hiding anything. Red. Yes, you are. Adlib fighting. Barkley's crown falls off. Red. Oh my gosh, you are bald. I hate bald men. <laughs> Barkley, I meant to tell you. Really? Red, how could you do this to me? Barkley falls off stage screaming. Red, Barkley, oh, my clean moat. Oh, Barkley. <laughs> After Barkley's death, Red and her mother lived the rest of their happy lives in the castle using the money from Barclay's insurance plan. Thank you. You really have to love any puppet show that begins and ends with death. I mean, ooh. Not only did Kyla bring along her original puppet show script, she also brought along the original puppets. If you want to see what they look like, we posted photos of Kyla and the puppets and all the readers from our Edmonton show up on Facebook. Just search for grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. Kids are interested in and preoccupied by a very wide range of subjects, and their focus can shift from one thing to another very quickly. Our next reader, Joel, read a series of excerpts from his elementary school notebooks written between the ages of five and seven. And as you'll hear, Joel was concerned with a variety of subjects, from the sublime to the ridiculous, and then back again. Live on stage in Edmonton, here's Joel. The earth is a treasure. When I think of earth, I think of the environment. When I think of water, I think of coolness and wetness. When I think of fire, I think of heat and smoke. When I think of air, I think of pollution. Air pollution is expensive. It can rot clothes. God promised that when a rainbow appears, he won't send another flood to destroy all living creatures. A rainbow is chosen by God. God's loving presence was shown by Jesus being crucified. Bacteria are tiny... Bacteria are tiny little plants we can't see. Wash a small cut with soap and water at once. Walk instead of drive. Quit smoking. Don't litter. 
Use carpool. Don't spill oil. Use white toilet paper. <laughs> Colors are a feeling. Orange feels cold. Green feels warm. Purple feels mean. Yellow feels hurt. Pink feels happy. And red feels sad. I remember one day when we had company, we heard a news report about a bad storm. I got on my bike and went to the store to buy some candles for the storm. Everybody has to be prepared for a storm. <laughs> my heartbeat is 84. After running one minute, it is 109. For a wedding, I would wear dress clothes. For a pool party, I would wear a bathing suit. For a dance, I would wear my normal clothes. For a funeral, I would wear a tuxedo. Thank you. is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Our show was recorded live at the Mercury Room in Edmonton, Alberta, and produced by Jenna Meisner. Our music is by Pottington Bear and Lullatone. We have upcoming live shows in Toronto, Ottawa, Kitchener, and London, Ontario, and we are still on the lookout for readers in London and Kitchener, so dig out your own childhood or teenage writing and sign up to read. All of the details are at our website, grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>